You're listening to the English Ministry Podcast of Chinese Christian Church Thousand Oaks. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Find out more at english.cccto.org. I'm glad that the, uh, we had a short introduction to the missions uh, because we just came back uh, from a mission trip in China and also two weeks of um, uh, vacation or uh, s- the um, trip to Israel um, to see the Holy Land. And this is um, my life dream come true. Can you imagine I've been wanting to go for the last 50 years? I was there first almost to the uh, Tel Aviv airport uh, 50 years ago. They wouldn't let me in because I went to Arabic countries like Egypt and Iran, Iraq, and Lebanon, just right above Israel. They said, no, sorry, you went to Arabic countries, our enemy, they say, you know, during those days. That was 1970. So this time, finally, I got to run the go with our church people and had a very wonderful time of seeing Israel, Palestine, and also the Israel, and also the Jerusalem, so here we have a picture also of our, uh, what happened? Here, yeah. Here we are visiting the tomb of Jesus that's called the uh, tomb, garden tomb. You see that little hole there? That is the tomb of Jesus. Supposed to be tradition that tells us that the Jesus was buried there. So it's kind of on the high pitch and the high ground. And there's a step going there. So if that were the case, if that is a real case, the real uh, location of Jesus' tomb, they have to have a big rock to roll over that because the Bible says uh, they have a big rock roll over it. And it takes two or three people to roll over. So it must be a big rock. Or during that time, there was dirt there, so they put rock over there. So that is the tomb of Jesus uh, in the garden tomb. So inside, well, up, upside Right side there, there's a tomb or garden, says it's supposed to be, be quiet and also reverence. And the inside, this is inside your tomb. So it's very small, less than six foot long. So Jesus must be less than six foot because otherwise Jesus, you know, would have to crowd in there because uh, it was a small place. So I took a picture. So there you have a sign there. Somebody put up there, Jesus as Alpha and Omega, and a Christus sign there, fish sign. See, the fish under going like this. So here you have uh, Jesus' tomb, Jesus' testimony, and also to gather, uh, have a testimony for us as Christians. Jesus' tomb was empty. All other religious founders, their tomb there, Confucius, Mao, and also the uh, Buddha, the Muhammad, all there. But only Jesus' tomb is empty. So as we consider um, can we get to uh, my first slide there? Maybe you can help us. And as we turn to scripture on the, this theme this morning, uh, I want to call it the charge of the risen Lord or Christ. And this is the command he gave us. So let's read together nice and loud now. 
so this is uh, your declaration. This is Jesus' declaration, Jesus' announcement to his disciples before he went to heaven. So let us all together uh, uh, rise to our feet and declare our com the commission Jesus gave to us and in a loud and also clear manner on three. One, two, three. Then Jesus came to them and said, All the authority in heaven and on earth has given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and even them to save everything I have commanded you, and surely I will be with you always, even unto the very one more. Uh, next slide, please. Here's another slide. On three, the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. Acts one day. Yes, please be seated. So here you have two classic passages on the mission or evangelism uh, from Jesus, Jesus' mouth. Oh, his, these are Jesus' words to these disciples, also to general people. So this is uh, in combined form in the original Greek. So it's not a whether you want it or not, but you have to. In a way, as a Christians, we must uh, do evangelism or teaching or preaching or sharing God's word to those around us. So I'm sure you have found out that uh, from studying scriptures, uh, there are about 10 times Jesus uh, uh, appeared to his disciples' friends after his resurrection. And that's why I put a uh, uh, Jesus' tomb there as a testimony, because he's alive. He's no longer there. He told Mary and Magdalene and others people came to see him. He's no longer there. And uh, Jesus has, uh, tells them to go to the city. Go to the city. Tell my brothers. Jesus called his disciples brothers. Do you know that in heaven, we will be calling Jesus our brother. Do you know that? Because we are his brothers. Right now, we are sons and daughters of God. But when we get to heaven... We call our Lord Jesus Christ brother because we're in the family. So he told his brothers to wait until he comes again and tell them to do something. And this is what he told them about the great command, great commandment, also great uh, commission that Jesus called them to do. And wait, wait for the Holy Spirit, wait for the power of God come to them so that they will receive power and to proclaim the gospel of Christ. So we see in the New Testament, the, uh, there are 10 times Jesus appeared to them. And out of that, eight times, Jesus had the explicitly commission or command uh, for them to do. It's basically uh, tell them to, to spread the God's word. So in Matthew, we have passage here, Mark, Luke, John, and also Acts. So you have five places where Jesus told his disciples to do their work, do their work of evangelism, do their work of mission, and also tell his people, do the work of evangelism. I'm glad we have a seminar coming up in November uh, on evangelism. I hope many of you come uh, to learn. And I'm glad that I have a kind of a preface uh, a sermon to kind of leading you to that uh, seminar coming up. Uh, so that, um, that uh, basically Jesus is uh, forcing or basically inviting his disciples to do the work that he has carried. 
Do you know that by AD 200, you know, after these disciples uh, all died and their second generation came, by 200 AD, the whole Mediterranean were Christian in a way that uh, were saturated or filled with people, Christians, living in from Jerusalem all the way to Spain. Paul wanted to go to Spain, but he didn't have a chance. But Jesus, in his uh, command, says, I will be with you even to the very end of the age. Also in the Acts, it says, I will be with you even ends of the world. That's what it meant. End of the world. To wherever. In that time, Roman period, Spain was the furthest it can go because they believed the earth was flat. So therefore, ends of the world at that time is, uh, is Spain. Well, of course, now today, world is global, right? Global market, global ministry, global uh, uh, reaching out to the people of God. So why is that that Jesus gave commands to his disciples? Well, basically, uh, he argues that if you're born again Christian, if you love Jesus Christ, you cannot but to speak. You cannot keep silent. You know, John Stott, the famous um, All Souls Church in London, uh, who was also Queen Elizabeth uh, chaplain some time ago, he wrote in a book called Our Guilty Silence. Basically said, you cannot keep silent when come to Christ and his uh, resurrection and the testimony. So whenever you carry on conversation, whenever people knock down Christ or make joke about Christ, you have to stand up. So no, hey, wait a minute. You know, or somebody calls name, take God's name in vain. He say, hey, wait a minute. You know, this is my God. You know, because I said that one time in a classmate in college, and they were shocked. They said, who are you? You know, but I basically said, I'm a Christian, you know. It offends me when you call Jesus Christ in the vain glory, in vain. So he was convicted. So at least for me, he would not use Jesus' name. But others, you know, he used GD and all all those things. But you see, he honors you because you say, I am a Christian. I do not want to hear that. It offends me. Just like today, people of the LGBT says, you know, you offense against, offend them, they're offended. You see, so you have to say something nice to them. Likewise, why we not take that command too? So, so that bothers me. Please do not use God's name. And they will honor you. So that is what John Stott said. We are guilty in our silence. No, don't be guilty of your silence, not proclaiming God's name. No, we had a, uh, I had a 60th anniversary of my elementary school kids in Japan this last year. 60 years ago, we met, and we were classmates 60 years ago, elementary school. And when we first went back, and we had, you know, dinner, lunch, so on, and the first thing he asked me, he says, uh, another Christian disco? <laughs> Are you a Christian in Japanese? I said, of course I'm a Christian. I'm not, not only a Christian, I'm a pastor. I'm an evangelist. I'm a missionary. You see, I evangelized. I tried to talk to him about Jesus 60-some years ago. And the first thing he asked me after 60 years, he still remembers. He said, are you a Christian? 
Are you still bearing the testimony? Because well, as a kid, I was kind of a holy roller kid, you know, kind of a nutty kid. Where I bring Bibles to school and uh, spread out the uh, uh, Christian tracts and so on. So during those days, American Christmas card was a big thing. Sixty years ago, they didn't have Christmas cards in Japan. So we have missionaries and a lot of Americans send Christmas cards. They will cut the top flat out and then mail to us so that we can print gospel, you know, on the backside of the car and give them. They say, wow, that is great, you know, Santa Claus and the silent night, holy night, all that. They love that. So he used that as a tool to evangelize them. And they took that. Somebody became Christian, but this guy did not. But he remembered what he said. So, brothers and sisters, when you witness to somebody, they remember. Even though they're not believe, they remember, respect you, what you do. So, folks, you are to evangelize, tell people about Jesus. Don't worry about whether they will become Christian or not. Because that's God's business. You see? Your business, my business, is tell people about it. So, this guy remember what I say. And then, uh, after all these years, he still remembered. He very respect, honor me. So you are so smart. You are so faithful in your religion. You know, I'm no good. I'm Buddhist. You know, I'm getting nowhere. He kind of degrade himself as a Buddhist. You know, he says, you know, I'm going nowhere after 60 years. You know, still crazy, as uh, John Simon says. Or uh, after crazy, we're still crazy after all these years. They're crazy because they did not have Christ. You see. That is what's happening in the uh, world. And therefore, this morning, I'd like to, to uh, uh, tell you about what this uh, um, <clears throat> message is all about in terms of uh, God's announcement, Christ's announcement, a command, and a promise. So let's go to the next uh, several slides after this. Uh, okay, so what we're talking about here is that the uh, Jesus talked about the announcement about going out to the world and then uh, we are to have power. Jesus said, I, all power has been given to me. So that power has to do not just physical power, but basically spiritual power. So let's read this together, uh, Ephesians 6, 12. One, two, three. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. So we have power in the spiritual realm. That's what power means. When that power, when we have that power of God, Jesus said, all power has been given to me. That power is a Greek word for Dynamis, from which we, we get the word dynamite. So God's word is dynamic, dynamite, explosing. Of course, in the spiritual sense. So that's why when you have God's word, you have power. When you preach and share God's word, it has power. And a lot of non-Christians become Christians. You see, that's power. Power of God transforming people's life from darkness into light. So that is what we talk about. When we talk about struggles and power, we're dealing with spiritual world. We're dealing with a demon's position and also spiritual 
uh, life and Christ in our life. That is what's mean by the power and authority of Jesus. And Jesus said that the next slide. Um, Jesus said uh, in in uh, Apostle Paul's uh, writing and explaining this in to a little more. He says uh, he Jesus exerted when he raised God, raised uh, Christ from the dead, and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above rule and authority power and dominion and every name that is given not only this present age but the age to come you see that so that the we have power of christ living in us whom we possess christ whom we accept christ whom we embrace christ we have that power and the dominion over all under the name of jesus do you know that devil is afraid of you you're not afraid of devil, are you? That's why we have power. We have power, dominion of power, you know, of evil ones. Let me tell you a story. This is a true story. When, when I was in Taiwan um, several, many years ago, um, I visited the tombs and temples of uh, during the holidays. And they were kind of uh, in a Temples and so on, they will have the magicians, you know, they, they, they are soothsayers and also magicians. And they will use a knife, go through the mouth, and blood will not come. Because they have what? Spiritual demonic power, you see. And they will do this, all that, you know. They will put it back on this knife or spike, go like this, you know. No blood will come out because they have a kind of a paper they call spiritual slide paper on the back. And the guy would uh, smooth in them and they put water on there. See, that is coming of the evil spirit, kind of saturating them. That's how they do it. You see, coming of the evil spirit. And they were saturated. And they were, you know, they were, oh yeah, they go like this. And then they were all psyched up. And then they would uh, perform this uh, thing, miracles, so on. And then the um, they were clapping, you know, they were doing all sorts of knife things. Then when I walk around, came, and I was praying against a guy. I said, God, you know, use me to overcome evil because uh, this is demonic. So when I went there, he was up there in the podium or so on. He was doing the thing, and then all of a sudden he stopped. He says, uh, any of you here believe in Jesus? Yeah, I said, yeah, what about it? Yeah, I believe Jesus. You want me to tell you about Jesus? Something like that. They said, you, out. I was the only guy who rose hand because, you know, I'm a Christian. I accept Jesus, know Jesus. He says, you, go out. You know what happened? He lost power. No magic, magic power. Because the Christ's power, God's power, is in battle with him. So God's power, Holy Spirit power, is overcoming him, is more power. He couldn't do this trick, you see, because I exposed him. I exposed the evil one. So therefore, I got away and went out and I kind of go back and see. And then he went back on again, do his thing. So you see, the devil is afraid of us. So don't be afraid of confronting evil one or evil forces or temptations or from the evil one that uh, you can overpower them 
and by your power, by your prayer, by your word. So when we think of Christ's commission and his uh, commandment, his authority is superior for all other authorities and no other authority can overcome Jesus' power. And that's why I say um, we do not fear Satan or anything else that it comes with uh, to attack us. Here's another true story about a missionary named Yang Yizhe. He's a missionary we support here. Yang is a missionary in the, what is called a golden triangle in China, between China, Thailand, and, um, and also uh, Burma uh, on the triangle there, right toward northern Thailand. That's where they have a lot of boobs and a lot of uh, uh, drugs and hashish and marijuana, all sorts of things are there. So that area is very dangerous because uh, people get robbed because uh, a lot, lot of uh, trade going on, a lot of uh, these uh, drug pens are there to make money. So this uh, Yang Yizhe, who he had a church and a school there because he was Chinese. He was able to um, gain a lot of Chinese and friends teaching about Bible and school and so on, and a church there. So these uh, drug pens, these uh, resurgence, they're basically rebels. You know, they, they don't want Christians there. So they came there, they said, Yang, you have to move. We're going to close their school. So there's no, we've been here five years, 10 years, longer than you guys did. There's no, you have to go, otherwise we'll turn it down. He says, you better not. And he says, uh, and they were fighting or talking about, he says, threatening him uh, about the school, so on. And then Yang says, um, I command you to leave in the name of Jesus. And they got scared. At that time, their horses were coming, jumping around, yelling, screaming. You know, some of them fell down. And because uh, for some reason, you see, so they got scared. They, they just said, okay, we'll be back. You, know, you better watch out. You know. So they ran away. This was a night. And they ran away at night. So Yang went back to home and then uh, settled and praised the Lord that uh, they were victorious over evil one because yeah, basically they're communists, they're uh, evil insurgents. So next day, next morning, the neighbors just came. They said, you know what? Last night, when you were talking to those insurgents, in the back of the horses, we saw angels with a flaming sword and fire going behind them. And then that's why you see animals jump, because animals saw the evil ones. It's very strange. Animal can see the strange evil ones in spirits, but humans cannot. So that's why these guys left. They were scared. So they have to go. See, that is what's meant by God's authority with his servants, because so we have Jesus have the authority and power over ruler, evil ones behind us. So we have power over Satan, even when we do evangelism. And that is, see, that is a blessing. Also, Jesus uh, announces that his authority over everything on earth means uh, whatever we do on earth, you will be honored in heaven. You preach Christ crucified, you'll be honored in heaven. And people in heaven says, hallelujah, amen, because that is power 
we are received. Jesus gave that power to us. So Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And uh, it is on this basis that uh, we have supreme authority, you see. And then we have authority over his people and to overcome non-Christians. See, that's why don't be afraid to evangelize non-Christians because we have power over them. Okay, let's uh, look at next slide. His authority over heaven and earth uh, in terms of by his word and by his power and by prayer. See, that's why, folks, you have to practice your Christian faith in terms of your word and your testimonies. See, that's why these testimonies from the, the disciples and uh, the apostles, they changed the whole world. The whole world was changed upside down. The 11 disciples, all of them except John, the apostle John, were martyrs, became martyrs. Like this guy, Thomas, went to India. And in South India, he found a church there. Then he was martyred. And the place called Martoma, M-A-R, Toma, G-O-M-A, meaning Thomas. So you have a Jesus disciple went all over the world, teaching, basically obeying the command. And Peter was crucified upside down. He says, I do not deserve to die like my master did. So he preferred to be died upside down and crucified and die. So these people give their life to the Lord because they know Jesus, the King of kings, Lord of lords, and they acknowledge that uh, his lordship, that's why he and all of them went and changed the world. You can change your world too around you and uh, with God's blessing, with God's power. And um, authority in heaven and basically authority on earth is that whatever you say on earth, you will be blessed, you will be honored in heaven. So next two um, sayings are from John Stott, um, who wrote that book <clears throat> on um, guilty silence. He says that the fundamental basis of all Christian missionary enterprise is the universal authority of Jesus in heaven and on earth. There you are. And only because of all authority on earth belongs to Christ, there we go to all nations. And because of all authority in heaven as well as his uh, 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 name have uh, power, or have we any hope of success? So this uh, John starts a kind of testimony why he goes around in the world to testify Jesus is Lord because that is being blessed in heaven and on earth. So don't be afraid to tell and testify, testify Jesus is Lord. Okay, next one. So the second uh, announcement is that it's called the Great Commission. And the Great Commission is basically says uh, tell us the, that the, uh, t tell us to go and make disciples all nations and uh, teaching them to observe everything that Jesus taught of them and baptizing them, teaching them, and then he will be with us all the time, even to the ends of the world. So making disciples all nations, there's an interesting uh, theme here. Jesus used the word all nations, and the Greek is the panta ta ethne, means all across the nations, everywhere in the nation, everywhere in the world is to proclaim Jesus' name. And uh, the, the all nations and are to hear the gospel. So do you know that when we say a place is a re 
reached for gospel, we must have a church in that location, also Bibles, and a preacher, of course. So that's why you see American Bible Society and also the uh, weekly Bible translations of the uh, busy in translating Bible to under 2,000 tongues until Jesus come. So there are about 4,000 languages, living languages today. There are 2,000 have uh, Bible verses and teachings. And also there are 2,000 more to go. So therefore, they have a lot of busy work to do. So the making disciples of nations contains that uh, Christians are there, there's a church, and also the Bible are to be printed so that people can read the Bible for themselves. Also, baptizing them, when we evangelize people, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is to basically, if you evangelize someone, if you let someone to Christ, you have to see that they go through baptism. That means they will follow Jesus. They are under God's command. They are making testimony. So when you are baptized, I'm sure all of you, Peter knows, and all of you baptized here, you have to make a confession, right? That Jesus is the Lord, that you accept Jesus, uh, wash away your sin. You have to make public confession. Public confession, that means uh, you want to tell people, all the world, that uh, you are sons and daughters of God. You belong to Jesus. And then the, Jesus is your Lord and Master. So that is testimony. Also, that the baptism meaning you're in Christ. You're united with Christ, with his death and resurrection. So therefore, when you become Christian, you are dying with Christ. You're raised with Christ as a testimony. And then, therefore, you have a testimony to tell people and friends that uh, you are uh, sons and daughters of God. Many of my students in Taiwan, when I was teaching university there, they say, they say you're Christian? Yeah. Uh, you need to be baptized. There's no, I have to wait, you know, because uh, my parents will kill me if I are baptized. Because, you see, that means uh, I'm no longer Chinese. I say, why? Because they say, that's kind of a hearsay, they say. When we become Christian, it's okay, heart-wise. But if we're baptized, you see, then we join the church. The church is foreign. It's from America, Europe. So we become non-Chinese. I said, no, 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 there's no way. All Chinese churches belong to Christians are Chinese. They're born Chinese. They're raised Chinese. So that's not a big issue. Another issue was, uh, oh, because uh, once I baptize, I cannot honor or my ancestors. I said, no, that's not true. Because uh, Jesus uh, pay uh, respect to the dead and raise the people dead and then the Christians still honor their father and mother and, uh, and all the Old Testament pray like the father of uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob all the ancestors are honored you see, so I say there's nothing wrong with honoring ancestors, just don't bow to them, don't bite, bite you know, uh, burn your incense and prostration go like this, but you can have a service I say as Christian you can have a service, honor your dead, honor the uh, ones passed away, honor them as a testimony. Time testimony brings, brings some uh, flowers and uh, uh, worship and then have a Bible study. So there's a testimony. There's all that is the way Christians can testify in the tomb cleaning day. But yeah, that's the way you do. That's the way you honor God and then respect your parents and your ancestors. See, 
Then are you ready to be baptized? They said, yeah, yes. They understood, you see. So a lot of people have a misconception about ancestral honor, veneration, and therefore they are kept away from being baptized. Another case I found in China, this was two or three years ago. We were in the Shandong area and talked to some sister. He said, are you a Christian? Yeah. How long have you been a Christian? Ten years or so. I say, you baptized? No. Why? I'm not good enough. I don't read the Bible every day. You know, I don't offering every week, and uh, I'm weak, and I sin. I said, that's why you need to be baptized, you see. When you baptize, you're confessing Christ and that uh, you belong to Christ. Christ wash away your sins once and for all. Although we commit small sins, that the Christ will forgive us, you see. I said, do you believe that? They said, yeah. Will you confess your sin that uh, Jesus forgave all your sins here and now, yesterday, today, and forever? They said, yeah. Why not? I say, let's baptize now. They say, yeah, okay. And her pastor was there. Her pastor for 10 years didn't say anything like this. So I see, brothers and sisters, once you are a Christian, once you are born-again believers, you are sons and daughters of God, you should be baptized as soon as you can. So we had a bucket of water, and then she knelt down. The pastor was there, she was there, I was there, and there's some testimony of the sides. This, this is the way, remember, you are being baptized because your sins are forgiven. Baptism is a course of matter of uh, uh, conscience, also course matter of necessity to be baptized. See, that's why Jesus told them to baptize in them in his name, Trinity, okay? Then after that, uh, he says, uh, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. What is that? That is basically God's word. In that time, it's the Old Testament, okay? Ten Commandments and the Jesus uh, Sermon on the Mount. So whatever that is, whatever that is, that is basically Jesus taught. Jesus taught them many things. See, that's why Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John wrote down Jesus and plus the Acts of Apostles. So that's a concept of, of almost half of the New Testament. So half of the New Testament is about Jesus and his disciples. That's what I mean by teaching them to observe everything he has commanded them. And that is the word of God. And that's why you say, you have word of God in you. So why not spread them? You know. And in my case, I was able to uh, know the Bible early. And so God called me to ministry when I was about 14 to 15. But before that, I had a kind of earning, earning to urge to read the Bible and pass out tracts. I remember on Sunday afternoons for two, three years, when I was about 12, 13 years old with my brother, older brother, we would go to the mountain, uh, go to the city in Suma, Japan, uh, near Kobe. So we would pass out tracts, uh, people, you know, walking around the streets and so on. So he would go this time, I would go this time, we would go across the street for a mile and come back. Why would they come back the same route? Because they say, they're oh, I don't want this, you know. And then we pick up so that you will not be wasted. And sometimes we get good conversations in Japanese. And sometimes they were ridiculed. 
There we go. Oh, you're shinajin. You know what shinajin is? It's a put down word like a chink for Americans or whoever use us against us, you know. Ah, you chink. Oh, you shinajin. I said, no, I'm not shinajin. I'm chugogujin. I'm Chinese. I will beat you, you know. We beat you in the war. Who are you to, you know, call us shinajin? So people ridicule you during the, that was 1950s, just, just, out of the, just the end of the war. And I went up correct them. So I was not afraid because my Japanese was good enough and I can preach and so on. You see, that kind of thing went to me and it brought joy and, and brave and audacity to share God's word. So he can too, you know, don't be afraid to share teaching them to obey everything God has commanded you. And next one is, of course, um, the um, big promise, the great promise is that God will be with us. God will be with us. Remember this verse that uh, when Jesus came to the world, and uh, what was the verse? And um, <clears throat> Matthew one twenty three gave us a, uh, a, a sign uh, that, uh, about Jesus' coming. And he says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him his Emmanuel, means God with us. See that? Right from the beginning, Jesus' birth, this was foretold in Isaiah 7, 4, 700 years before birth of Christ. They foretold it, even the name and his title, his purpose, you see, so that uh, Jesus will be with us to the ends of the world. He is with us on earth when he was on earth uh, praising and also teaching the God's people for three years, even though he lived 33 years. He was within three years with them. But now he promised that he will be with you and us the rest of the days of life. The rest of the days of life. Isn't that wonderful? God's with you and be with you, empower you to the ends of the world. That is what means the promise of God, God with us. It's a bearing fruit of Jesus. And that uh, Christians are to be uh, not to be afraid because nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Here's another promise uh, from Paul, Romans chapter 8, 38, 39. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height or depth or anything else in all creation will be able to keep us from the love of God, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. There's a promise. Nothing can separate us. Of course, Christian life, when you live, Christian life is difficult. There'll be problems. There be persecutions. Paul says all Christians who bear Christ's name, do his work, will suffer. Think of Chinese Christians who are suffering for the last 50, 60 years. You know, we have two pastor friends are in jail now, right now. They are, they are friends with us. We, we used to have dinner. We have a church worship, fellowship together. They're in jail now for indefinitely because they preach Christ. They do not want to joined the government church. It's a government church called Three Self Church, which is basically an atheistic church, but they use name God. They, they, they use God's name in vain. So they do not join them. They say, if you don't join in jail, they say, we'd rather go to jail. So we have two friends in jail 
One is in for seven years, and the other one, we do not know how long he will be in. Pray for them. Pray for all those who suffer for righteousness' sake in China and Afghanistan and different places, uh, even North Korea. There are many Christians are there too. So the love of Christ is uh, eternal, and nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. So what can we say for the uh, conclusion? By way of conclusion, uh, I want to tell you that there are four full alls. In the old King James Version, there, the, the Bible verses, they are all using all. It says, all the authority is given to be under heaven and earth. We shall go to all nations, the people, and teach them all the commandments I have given to you. And I will be always, all the days of your life. So that's my story. That is God's demand. That is God pleading. That is Jesus' command for us to follow him, to make him known, and also that he will be with you all the way, all the days of your life. Let us pray. Our Father, our God, we thank you for your word, which is powerful and more than two-edged sword. We thank you for this church. We can proclaim your name throughout the land. We pray that the many young people can come forth and also be used by you as uh, servants of the Lord Jesus Christ and that, that they will be missionaries or short-term missionaries, that, that they will spread the word in season, out of season. We thank you for the, the, uh, the teaching here. We pray for the... Uh, the Bible school teachers with the Sunday school teachers and for the uh, young people. We pray for Peter as he uh, prepared to go to Taiwan in the next couple of months. Pray that you will use him in Taiwan and that uh, you will give him the path that he will be successful in terms of uh, being used by you for whatever task you have for him. Bless his family, his wife, his child, and that they have a new ministry in the year to come. We ask that you will be with us as we go forth today to praise you, to honor you in the Lord's day. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.